0: Money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. So welcome everybody to the Texas RIAs uh, my name is Phil Grove. I am one of the co-sponsors of and, and uh, co-founders of the Texas RIAs. Texas RIAs was started in 2003, I'm doing this for 20 years. I have over a hundred thousand participants and attendees and members. We have chapters in Austin, Dallas, Houston and San Antonio. Uh, and we provide resources to the real estate investing community here in Texas. So what kind of resources? market data, investment opportunities, training, a network, private money, power teams, and pretty much all the things you need to be a real estate investor. And we have a special meeting tonight. We're going to do some training, but we're going to start by doing a market update. And we're going to talk about what's going on with the latest market data and what's going on in the market. We have a big audience tonight. We have a full house, so just scanning the crowd a little bit. Looks like we got, uh, I don't know, I think we're expecting about 120 tonight, so pretty good size crowd. We're also broadcasting, so that little setup here in the middle is uh, broadcasting. And we're going to start by doing a market update. So the question is, what's the big story with real estate over the last year? What, What would you say the big story is? What is it? Interest rates. Interest rates. Okay, I agree. Interest rates. So something happened with interest rates. Uh, What what would you say? Are, Are interest rates high or interest rates low? High? Who thinks interest rates are high? Raise your hand if you think interest rates are high. Okay, who thinks interest rates are low? Who thinks interest rates are low? Isn't that interesting? Now my guess is the guys who's raising their hands low have been doing this longer than the guys that have been raising their hands high. So 1981, interest rates on mortgages were 18%. Are interest rates high or interest rates low? Okay, it's all perspective, right? Now, if you just kind of started paying attention or buying real estate in the last three or four years, you would say interest rates are high. Okay, I'm a 20-year real estate investor here in Texas. Uh, I started in 2003. And most of the rental properties that I acquired way back in 2003 have six and a half to seven and a half percent interest rates. So my perspective is interest rates are normal. I, I call this normal. Now, a couple of years ago, we were getting three or four percent interest rates. That's not normal. In fact, that is freakishly abnormal. In fact, that did not happen in the last hundred years, except for three or four years ago. I would guess, and nobody knows the future, but I would guess that you will never see 4% mortgages again in the rest of your life, in the rest of your children's life. I mean, it's highly irregular that you will ever see it. Could you? Who knows? Nobody knows the future, but that was not normal. And I like where interest rates are personally, right now because i describe the market today as normal right inventory is normal interest rates are normal market balance normal equilibrium normal it's normal okay and i like normal because when things are abnormal then abnormal things happen in the market so for example i've been observing over the last three or four years a lot of people have been doing commercial deals they got uh, hyper-competitive. Uh, they only worked a lot of these deals if you could get a 3 or 4% mortgage, which was not normal. Commercial mortgages typically only go for five years, maybe a little longer, but they're not 30-year mortgages like residential mortgages. So all those properties are coming due, and they have to be refinanced. And if you put together a deal that only worked with a 3% mortgage, which is not normal, and then the deal is refinanced, it's not refinanceable, right? And then the deal has a problem. And the big word in deals right now is cash call. Cash call means the guy who put together the deal says, oh, oops, we have a problem. We can't refinance this. And the loan is now due. Uh, so we're going to have to put more money in the deal so that the deal doesn't go belly up, right? Because now the things are normal again. So I like normal. I feel more comfortable honestly investing in normal than I feel investing in abnormal. But it's perspective. And interest rates are, by your perspective, high or low or whatever, depending on how long you've been kind of paying attention. Now, that being said, when interest rates go up, what happens to home prices? Okay, that's interesting. When interest rates go up, who thinks home prices go up? Who thinks home prices go down? Okay, we got more downs than ups. Uh, I would say they do this. They go up and down at the same time. You know, interest rates push the market, both up and down at the same time. And we're going to talk about the different things. Here's what I will say about interest rates. Real estate really doesn't care about interest rates. Real estate cares about what? Real estate cares about supply and demand. It is the purest market in the world, supply and demand. Now, in as much as interest rates affect supply and demand, yeah, they affect real estate. But other than that, real estate doesn't care about interest rates. Real estate doesn't care about the economy. It's more of a leading indicator than a lagging indicator, like during the Great Depression. You know what happened to real estate during the Great Depression? It went down a whopping 6%. Nothing. During the great pandemic, another one-in-a-hundred-year event, real estate prices went up 30%. Okay, it wasn't the economy, right? It was the supply and demand. That's what made it go up and down. Now, right now, there's a lot of things pushing supply and demand, and we're going to show you all of those different things, and interest rates is just one of them. This is a chart, by the way, that goes all the way back to 1975, and it shows interest rates versus home prices, okay? from 1975 to 1981, there it is. Interest rates on mortgages got all the way up to 18%. And when interest rates went up, guess what? Median home prices actually went up. And when interest rates came down, guess what? Home prices went back up. And when interest rates went up and down, up and down, up and down, guess what? Home prices went up. Now there were some bubbles, right? This is the 2008 bubbles. There's little bubbles, right? But there's not much long-term correlation between interest rates and home prices because it's not interest rates, it's supply and demand. Now let's talk about supply and demand and the effects on supply and demand and what's affecting the market right now. So 2008, I was a real estate investor in 2008, what happened in 2008? Okay, so 2000, two, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, uh, the banking system came up with this thing they called subprime lending. Right? Instead of requiring a job credit income to get a loan, you had to fog a mirror held under your nose. If you want a loan, you went into the bank, you say, I want a loan, they'd hold a mirror under your nose. If they saw fog, you got the loan. Right? And then in 2008, all the banks went bankrupt. Do you know that government actually changed the definition of bankruptcy? In 2008, all that conversation, mark-to-mark, it was just toying with what they really call bankruptcy. But they were bankrupt. By any real definition, they were bankrupt. So 2002, three, four, five, six, seven, money was easy. Man, anybody could borrow money and everybody borrowed money. And builders were building houses out over the horizon as far as the eye can see in every direction. Incredible supply of, of construction, right? And then what'd they do with it all? Well, they gave everybody a loan. Man, if you could fog a mirror held under your nose, you got a loan, so they built bazillions of houses, and they gave bazillions of loans out to everybody that could fog a, a a a mirror, and and it worked for a little while. It worked for a little while, and then two thousand eight, right? The banks went bankrupt, and lending just hit a wall. It didn't like slow down. It like it it was like a train hitting a wall. It just stopped. It just crashed and stopped. So all of a sudden, the money got cut off. Okay, so no more demand, right? People couldn't get loans, Uh, but there were houses out over the horizon in every direction as far as I could see, and then when you had incredible supply and no more demand, what happened to the market? Crash. It crashed. Now, eventually the banks, they were too big to fail, right? They got bailed out and they got back into the lending business. But even though lending got cheap, it did get cheap, it never got easy. It never got easy. Because after 2008, what do you have to do to get a loan? Like today, what do you have to do to get a loan? Turn over your firstborn, right? You know, fill out a 1900 page application, submit blood sample. A lot! You have to, you have to do a lot to get a loan. And so it never got easy again to get a loan. It got cheap, but it didn't get easy. And because it didn't get easy, money has actually been constrained. And building has actually been constrained. And on a national basis, did you know that we are living through a housing shortage? Who's heard that we're in a housing shortage? And when you have a housing shortage, what does that do to home prices? Pushes them up, pushes them up. So we raised interest rates as a result of inflation. What's another word for inflation? Most people, they talk about inflation like it's a bad thing. I love inflation. I just have another word for it. I call it appreciation. Yeah, if your money's all in real estate, we love inflation. More inflation, please, right? You know, I, I want the value of things to go up, right? Inflation, appreciation makes prices go up. Prices went up, right? So there's a bunch of stuff pushing the prices up. Now, interest rates went up, right? When interest rates went up, loans got more expensive, right? And because they became more expensive, not as many people can afford them. So the demand has gone down. So there's things pushing prices up, and there's other forces pushing prices down, right? So you have these different forces. We're going to talk about these different forces. Uh, but when you throw them all in a blender and, and you kind of see what comes out the other end, I'll tell you where the market is. It is flat. It is flat as Texas is flat. The market is flat, right? And we'll show you where it's been, where it's going, uh, and where it is. And, and by the way, just to kind of put a disclaimer out there, this is the Texas RIAs. We are not associated with the National Board of Realtors. If you ask the National Board of Realtors their market forecast, every year for 20 years, what do they tell you is going to happen to home prices? They're going to go up, right? You know, And we don't have any... Uh, we're not here to persuade you the prices are going up or down or sideways, right? Because we have strategies to make money in up markets, down markets, and sideways markets. We're just going to give you the data. We'll give you a forecast. Uh, but we don't have a... Uh, we're not selling you something, we're not trying to persuade you to invest in something, we're not trying to persuade you of a particular opinion, okay? We're gonna share our best uh, data with you and we'll even give you a forecast of why, but I'll just kind of disclaim it by saying I'm not here to try to convince you that I can read the future, right? And, and nobody can really read the future, but we can look at the data. And I will say if you look at the data, Real estate, I would say, is one of the easiest things, and I'm making a generalization to predict. Like the the stock market, good good luck predicting the stock market. is not predictable. It's it's you know the smartest people in the world can't figure it out. Uh, the economy really hard. What's going to happen? In the economy? I don't know. I don't know. Real estate not so hard. And the reason real estate is historically not as hard as these other things is it's all supply and demand. And the truth is, we know how many people live here we know how many people are having babies we even know how many people are moving here so we know how many houses we have we know how many houses we need we even know how many houses we're building like all of that's known it's like really 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 known right and and it's very easy to to figure out when there's more demand than supply prices go up when there's more supply and demand, prices go down, right? So it's not as difficult, I would argue, to forecast as so many other things. So what's driving the market? Let's talk about some of the drivers in the market. And I'm going to color code these kind of uh, red and uh, yellow and green. Green is good. You know, red's bad. Uh, the overall economy, uh, pretty good. Uh, Texas, exceptionally well. Texas growing at 5%. Uh, so we have strong growth cycle. We're in a economic expansion, especially here in Texas. Uh, consumer confidence. This is where you ask consumers, what do you think? Right? And, and they say, you know, you, you ask them to give us a number. Uh, 100 is at equilibrium. Anything over 100 is bullish. Anything under 100 is bearish. Uh, it's pretty bullish. People believe that, uh, things are going pretty well. Confidence is pretty strong. Uh, Unemployment, also really good. Anything under 5 percent is considered good unemployment numbers. In the US, it's 3.7 percent. That's really good. Uh, Texas about the same, 4 percent. Austin, 3.5 percent. So unemployment, that's a good thing, right? So there's strong economic data. Job growth, here's another good one. Uh, Are we uh, creating more jobs? Uh, US is growing at 1.7 percent. Texas, 2.7. Austin, 2.6. So we have really good job growth, especially here, In Texas, so we're doing well in that metric. Uh, Stock market, how wealthy do people feel? Right? When people feel wealthy, this is just perception, uh, they tend to spend more. When they feel like they're poor, they tend to spend less. And a big function of how wealthy they feel, how much money, what's what's their stock, how's their stock portfolio doing? And uh, 2023 ended really well. So people that have money in the stock market, 401ks, they're feeling good about that. Uh interest rates, there's a negative. Interest rates have gone up, right? And and that has caused a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people that could have afforded houses. They're not as affordable, right? Which has reduced the demand for real estate. Uh and that is something that is pushing prices down. Now, it's forecast to decrease. Nobody knows the future, but most of the experts assume and predict that, and even the Fed has said, we expect interest rates to lower, maybe up to 1% uh, over the rest of the year. Exactly how much, exactly when, nobody knows. But if interest rates go down, that's going to make affordability go up, and that will be an upward push on prices. Um, House price trajectory, uh, flat uh, for the most part, uh, or a little bit down, um, Texas is flat. I'm going to show you the individual data. Uh, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio flat. Austin's a unique outlier and I'll go through that uh, in a minute. Uh, close sales trajectory, uh, number of properties closed. Uh, Texas is down. So the volume is down. Um, so what's happened is there are fewer buyers and there are fewer sellers. Um, now the mix has changed. So let's talk about the mix, which is really interesting. Traditionally, when you look at houses for sale in the MLS, two-thirds of the houses being sold are resale houses, and one-third of the houses being sold are new construction. That's the typical historic mix. At the moment, it's inverted. It's two-thirds new and one-third resale. Why is that? Well, a lot of people got their house either bought or refinanced over the last three or four or five years, and they got one of those three or four or 5% mortgages, and they don't want to give it up. So people are not selling their houses like they should normally do. Most times, people are feeling pretty good. They want to buy a bigger, nicer house. They sell their house, they buy a bigger, nicer house, but then they're looking and they're saying, oh, I got a you know 4% mortgage. If I sell my house and buy another house, I'm going to get a 7.5% mortgage. I don't want a seven and a half percent mortgage. So they're holding back, right? And holding back that's restricting the supply is pushing prices up, right? Because there's not as many resale houses as there should be. So the void is being filled with new construction. So there's more new construction selling than resale, which is the opposite of normal. But there's a problem there as well. And the problem is that the Money has gotten a little more expensive and harder, which means building is slowing down, which means when the builders run out of uh, new houses to sell, we're gonna have a constriction on supply, which is another thing that would push prices up. So these are all the things kind of we're looking at and we're tracking. Uh, Pending sales trajectory, uh, everything's ticking up, right? Things seem to bottom out about a quarter ago and uh, the trajectory's changed. We'll show you that when we look into the specific data. Uh, active listings, pretty much uh, are we uh, increasing in a what pace we are adding more listings but at a very, very slow pace. Uh, months of inventory, I would say this is the most important uh, data point. I'll go through this more when I go into the individual slides. But months of inventory, what is months of inventory? Here's one way to describe it. If you stopped adding any more houses for sale, right, whatever's on the market, once it's sold, it's done. You just sell what you got and you add no more houses for sale, new or resale. How long would it would, would all the houses that are uh, for sale last? And right now, the, the answer is 3.4 months of inventory. Now, to put that into perspective, the saying is if there's less than six months of inventory, you're in a seller's market. If there's more than six months of inventory, you're in a buyer's market. We are in a pretty strong sellers market the market is hot now perspective is it as hot as it was a year ago or two years ago absolutely not but by any historic standards 3.4 months of inventory things are flying off the shelf okay when six months is equilibrium 3.4 months of inventory is considered a strong seller's market not as strong as it was but it's a pretty strong market housing uh, permits trajectory? Are we building uh, enough houses to uh, support the growing demand? And we're right at demand, uh, but we're in a shortage. So we really need to be building more houses, but we are keeping up with demand. Uh, in migration, remember supply and demand. Migration is the ratio of people moving in to Texas or Dallas or whatever city versus out right? Because when there's growing population, there's growing demand. You got more people competing to buy whatever is available to buy. And people are moving to Texas and people keep having babies in Texas. So we have a big positive migration, right? And that's really good for real estate because all those people move in here from California. I think California has a program where they pay people to move to Texas. I'm not sure how that works, but... They do, right? I mean, I don't they? I don't know. Who's from California? California in the room. We got some California. Do they pay you to come here? I mean, it's like they... seriously. So uh yeah, we got a lot of uh a lot of immigration, and that's driving up the demand. Uh so that's something pushing things up. Uh construction, uh, labor growth. We got a problem. Uh contractors are getting old and dying. Okay, that's a problem. Uh we have a contractor shortage. Which is really interesting. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, young people don't want to be contractors. They want to do other things. Maybe they want to play video games. I don't know. But they, they don't want to be contractors. So the average, I don't, I don't remember the statistic, but the average general contractor is like 58 years old. I mean, they're, they're, they're old by, by, you know, demographic standards. And they're getting older. And, and young people aren't doing it. So we're running out of contractors. And, uh, that means that it's a lot more expensive. To do building than it used to be. You know, building costs uh, and uh, labor costs have, have skyrocketed. That's the, one of the biggest changes that I've seen uh, in my real estate. Whether I'm or flipping or or building new stuff or whatever, it's uh, you know labor costs have just skyrocketed. I just can't believe what it costs to build now uh, versus just you know five and ten years ago. Uh, and some of it's because we just don't have enough contractors. And It's great business if you should pick pick up a hammer, guys. We need more contractors. Uh, and then there's all these wild cards. What's gonna happen with interest rates? Nobody knows. The, 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 the smart money says they'll probably decrease a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, the election, war, inflation, uh, you know, there's other things that could affect, you know, the numbers. But when you look at the overall market drivers, there's things pushing up and there's things pushing down. What is your general concession? What, what, what do you think? You think there's more going up or more going down? Who thinks prices are probably going to go up? Who would say that? Who would say prices you think are going to go down? Okay, well, let's general consensus is and that's exactly what our consensus is and and we'll show you the forecast in a minute. Uh, now I am going to dive into the the overall market and the different markets. I said Texas uh Prices. The average price is actually up a little bit. It it flattened out a quarter ago and started to come up again. Uh, the uh, year-to-date price is flat. The volume is down. The number of of, of properties sold uh, less buyers, less sellers, just less less of uh, buyers and sellers. Uh, but prices are pretty flat. So let's let's dive into Texas and then the individual cities. Uh, for the state of Texas, the average price house is $412,000, and it's actually up a little bit. It uh, just started to come up about a quarter ago, so we're in a trajectory. Uh, the market seems to have bottomed out a, little, a quarter ago. Now, it didn't bottom much because it just kind of reached a plateau and leveled off. Median price up 1.4%, uh, uh, so it's up a little bit. So not a whole lot, but there's a little bit of change there. Months of inventory, like this is, this is the big one, folks. Uh, 3.4 months of inventory. If you said to somebody there's 3.4 months of inventory and they've been doing this for a long time, they're saying, wow, that's a strong market. And it is a strong market. It's not as strong as it was, uh, a year ago. A year ago is 2.7 months of inventory. That's a really, really strong, uh, market. And, and a year before that, there was like 2.2 months of inventory, which is an incredibly strong market, right? But it's all perspective. Uh, closed sales are down a little bit, so there's less buyers, less sellers. Active listings is uh, is up a little bit. Uh, you know, there's more inventory, more properties for sale, and they're taking a little longer to sell. That's why the months of inventory uh, is uh, has gone up a little bit. Now, if you go back three years, twenty twenty one, the market was on fire, eighteen point one percent increase in price in one year. Next year, twenty twenty two, went up another ten point seven percent and then 2023, flat as a pancake. So the market went up, and it went up, and then it leveled off, and it just flattened out, right? And now it's just been flattened out, and it's starting to tick up a little bit. We'll talk about that a little bit. All right, let's dive into the individual cities, starting with Dallas. Here we are in Dallas, the big D. Uh, sales price for the average house in Dallas is 495000 Holy cow, things have gotten expensive here in Dallas. Up 7%. Not bad. Uh, median price is flat uh, at 391. dollars Now, there's something going on in Dallas. So let's talk about Dallas for a minute. I don't know why this is the case, but we've been tracking this for 20 years. For some reason, maybe somebody knows the reason, Dallas has always been the bellwether of Texas. If you want to know where the market is going in Texas, you look at Dallas first. First thing to go down, first thing to go up, right? For some reason, this is going back 20 years, Dallas is always like four, five, six months ahead of the market. I don't know why. So if you know why, please let me know. But we've just seen that again and again and again. And there's certain indicators. If you want to know where things are going, there's certain things you look at. You certainly look at sales volume, you certainly look at inventory. Uh, and then sometimes we look at specific inventory, like condominiums. We call condominiums the canary in the coal mine. Condominiums are the canary in the coal. What does that mean? It's the first thing to go, last thing to come back. If condos are hot man, you can sell condos, you can sell anything, right? Because as soon as the market starts to soften, it's always condo inventory goes up, condo prices die first, right? and then housing comes later. And when the market comes back, it's the last thing to come back, right? So that's a leading indicator. And for some reason, Dallas has always been a leading indicator. And if you look at Dallas, Dallas is actually on fire. 2.5 months of inventory. Holy tamoli leading the state of Texas. Something happened over the last quarter or so in Dallas. Not quite as strong as it was a year ago, but a year ago, it was 2.2 months of inventory. Uh Sales volume is down, but not much, 4%, that's pretty much flat. Uh, listings up a little bit, just 6%. Leases are up, people are having a little more trouble buying a house, so a lot more renting, so leases are up, and lease prices are up. Uh, so that's something that's uh, gone up. Pending sales are actually up, so that's a pending sales uh, number is up. So what happened over the last three years in Dallas? 2021, prices in Dallas went up 20% in one year. 2022, another 15% in one year. And then 2023, basically flat. Says so up 1%, uh, basically flat. So Dallas is currently, I would just say, the hottest market in the state of Texas. Something happened about a quarter ago. And is it on fire? I don't know if it's on fire, but it's certainly something happened about a quarter ago that caused it to start to trend up and by historical measures, that's probably a interesting leading indicator for the rest of the state. Houston. Houston is the second most affordable city in Texas. Average price is 408, up 0.3 percent, pretty much flat. Median price is 330, and that is flat. So Houston is flat and flat. If you've ever been to Houston, it's really flat, so yes. Uh, Volume down six percent, not much. A little more inventory than Dallas. Still pretty good market. 3.4 months uh, of inventory. Uh, active listings is up a little bit, 14%. Uh, leases is down 1%, basically flat. Lease price up 2.4%, basically flat. Uh, new lease listings are up. Um, if you take a look at the last three years in Dallas, 2021, prices went up 16%. 2022, they went up another 10% and 2023. Flat as flat as Dallas is. Or I'm sorry, as Houston is flat. Okay, Austin. Now Austin is a little bit of an outlier, and I'm going to explain exactly why. So the average price house in the state in, in the state of in the city of Austin, Texas, is five hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars. That is not a typo. Five fifty-three. And we did a little research, and we actually discovered a lot of you probably don't know this, but the name Austin is actually Latin. For san francisco yeah so elon musk you know moved in and apple and amazon and all these high-tech companies and google and facebook and you know and, and semiconductor companies and all and tesla and you know all these companies they moved in and they brought with them their headquarters and all their you know, six-figure income people, and Austin has just been on fire. So what happened in Austin? Here's the outlier in Austin. Here's how I would, I would describe Austin. 2021 is the story. In 2021, home prices in Austin went up 29% in one year. In 2021, remember I talked about months of inventory. In 2021, in Austin, Texas, there was 0.4 months of inventory less than two weeks of total inventory in 2021. Talk about a market on fire, on steroids on fire. So what was going on in 2021 is somebody would put a house on the market, they'd get 11 offers in a weekend, just like that. One of the offers was accepted, 10 of the offers were not accepted. So the 10 people that didn't get their house they wanted put an offer on a second house. That house got eleven offers in a weekend. One of them won, and eleven of them or ten of them lost. So what was happening in 2021 is people were making an offer, they were getting outbid, they were making an offer, they get outbid, they'd make another offer, they'd get outbid. And then after a while, the buyers would just get furious. They'd start screaming at the realtors, I need to move here, I need a place to live, what do you have to do to buy a house around here? And it was normal in 2021 for people to buy houses for five. To 10 percent above appraised value, above appraised value. Now, what is appraised value? Appraised value does not mean what the house is worth. Appraised value means what the lender will loan. Okay, so people, if the if if the house appraises for 100,000, that means the lender will only loan up to 100. Right? Down payment plus loan cannot exceed 100. If you want to pay more than 100, you have to bring additional money to the table on top of the down payment. So it was normal in 2021 in Austin, Texas, for people to pay five to 10%, I would argue, above the value of the house, above appraised value. Okay, so that's what was the freakish thing in Austin. Uh, 2022, praise went up another 10%, and then in 2023, it came down 8%, and then it flattened out. So Dallas versus Austin. Dallas went up 30% and flattened out. Austin went up 40% came down 10% and flattened out. I don't know if you've been investing in both like I have for three years, it's the exact same thing. Now, perspective. If you bought a house a year ago in Austin, it went down. If you bought a house three years ago, you made 30%. If you bought a house three years ago in Dallas, you made 30%. So it's just a perspective. But I would describe that as why there's an outlier in Austin. There was a unique situation that happened in 2021. Now, Austin had more inventory. The inventory has been creeping down. We're only at three, mo- uh, three months of inventory. Uh, sales volume, like the other cities, is down a little bit. Active listings uh, up, but not much. I mean, it's pretty much at parity uh, and uh, pending sales uh, is, uh, is actually up. So pending sales is tr- <coughs> tracking up a little bit. Uh, and then finally, San Antonio. San Antonio is the most affordable city uh, in Texas. And I got to tell you, I invest in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Uh, and um, San Antonio, I would describe San Antonio, is to Austin kind of what Fort Worth is to Dallas. A little more affordable, uh, a little easier to find deals, and there's a lot of Austin people that buy in, in San Antonio for that reason. And a lot of Dallas people buy in Fort Worth exactly for the same reason. Uh, the average uh, price of a house in San Antonio, 374 flat uh median price uh 319 and flat uh volume down not much 3% a little more inventory than most of the the other cities 4.3 but still a pretty good market active listings up a little bit uh last three years in San Antonio uh 2021 up 16% 2022 up another 12% and 2023 down 2% which i would say was flat so that's a little bit about the market and where we've been and let's now talk about where we're going uh, our forecast and I'll tell you we've been doing a market forecast for 20 years and not to brag but our forecast for 20 years has been spot-on 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 right and I'm not saying we're rocket scientists but I am saying it's not that hard to kind of see all of these indicators and then make some educated bets on what things are going to do so nobody knows the future, right? An atomic bomb could fall out of the sky or a meteor or who knows what, right? But what we are believing is the case is we bottomed out uh, and we're at the bottom of the market cycle. Things have been just kind of bouncing flat for a while. In some places like Dallas, things started ticking up about a quarter ago. Interest rates are expected to uh, decrease. If interest rates decrease as expected, uh, that will have an upward effect on prices because a lot of people are holding off for cheaper mortgages. So that would be something that would probably move prices up. Uh, a lot of the smart money expects interest rates to go down about one percentage point over the course of 2024, uh, and that should cause prices to go up, and it should cause sales volume to go up. So we expect sales volume to be up 5% by the end of the year, and we expect prices to be up 5% by the end of the year. Um, We have strategies, I'll say again, for up markets, down markets, and sideways markets. Uh, So I hope you've enjoyed all of this market data. And before we move on, I'll say, do you guys have any questions? Does anybody have any questions? Was this helpful, everybody? Awesome. So we also post all of our data on our social media. I'll give you some links to that later. Every month we do updates to the data. Uh, We pull the data from many different sources. One of the best sources is the A&M School of Real Estate. They have a uh, wonderful set of data that we utilize all the time. So we're going to go into some training next. But before I do that, I do want to make a special announcement. We interrupt this program for a special announcement. So um, the Texas RIAs provides resources for real estate investors, resources like market data that we just shared with you, training. Uh, we have a big private money network. We have a big syndication network. We do residential. We do commercial. Uh, we have power teams. We have private money lenders uh, and just about everything you might need. To be a real estate investor and one of the things we provide to the community is also education and i'm going to mention this because it is a new year and as people start new year's they often have new year's resolutions and a very common new year's resolution is i'm going to make some more money this year Uh, and then people look at all the different ways to do that and a lot of them figure out that real estate might be the best idea because as it turns out, about 80% of the millionaires got there all or in part through investing in real estate. And my translation of all that is, it's really difficult to become a millionaire not investing in real estate. Okay, so one of the ways we help the community is we provide education. Uh, we're doing a series of workshops that are coming up, and you're welcome to join us. This is practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step training. We provide this normally for a charge, but at the beginning of the year, we actually provide this for free. So if you would like to get a premier education for Texans investing in Texas with Texans uh, on how to do this, we teach all the strategies, uh, not just a few, all of them. Uh, There's things you can only do in Texas. There's things you can do everywhere but Texas. You need to know what works in Texas. We teach all 65 marketing methods to find off-market wholesale properties. We teach all the different closes, which are the scripts and techniques to get properties under contract. Uh, you can learn how to partner with deals. You don't have to partner with deals, but it's a great way to get started. How to access private money. We have a thousand private money lenders in this network. Private money is faster, cheaper, better, and more reliable than any other kind of money. It's better than hard money, it's better than any money, but it requires you to build a relationship with the money. So if you'd like to get some education, we'll invite you to a series that we're doing in Austin, Dallas, and Houston. Pick the city that you want and come join us. Uh, And like I said, at the beginning of the year, we're actually doing this series for free. You can attend online, or if you prefer, you can attend in person. So I'll tell you more about this later in the training. Uh, We'll hand out some forms if you'd like to sign up. You're more than welcome to do so you guys online. We'll put a click, uh, a link, a click in the, uh, uh, (laughs) a link in the uh, comments below so you can register online. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.